continuing in this magnificent letter today, looking at the last half of chapter 5. We're in deep waters today. But that's where anchors are, you know. My hope for us is that today, we were in deep waters where we're seeing big things that you would see the anchor that you're tied to as a Christian. You know, we've seen in Romans how the theme and purpose of Romans there in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, and it says, For I'm not ashamed of the gospel, for it's the power for salvation for all who believe. For in it, the righteousness of God is displayed. And so we looked at how that played out. We've seen it, right? We looked at how we're all under sin. God visible, yet we chose away from it. That everybody's just not perfect, and perfection is what God both requires and is. And so we saw that in chapter 3, that everyone has sinned. Not one has really sought after God. We're all under condemnation, but praise be to God that he gave his son. And by his righteousness given to us, justification. We can go to heaven through faith. So we've seen that already. We've seen the story sort of 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 what it looks like to be saved and our need for it. And then last week we looked at the beginning of chapter 5 and saw this: the results of that righteousness given from outside. Not that we're righteous, but in Jesus. That we have both peace and hope. So we looked at that last week, that peace and hope have come. Jesus' righteousness, the gift of his obedience is our ground. It's the ground for our hope and our peace. And so today, I want us to stop. Yeah, I know it's up there. (laughs) Stop. And all these words and all these terms, and for many of us, we've heard them since we were small, and we've, we've, we've heard this gospel story. And so for many of us, it perhaps becomes more of a rote word and a rote story and I pray this morning that we could stop, really experience the gift that is our salvation. That's what we're looking at today. The foundations of our world. We're not stopping and smelling the roses. We're stopping and seeing the realm we've come from and where we live now in Jesus. We want to see sin and death and experience the bounding free gift of grace which reigns through Jesus Christ. Does that really impact your life? These foundational things. Again, it's deep waters. Let's take a look. Chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 12. Therefore, therefore what? Therefore, because of the peace and the hope that we have, therefore, Jesus, therefore, reconciliation has happened. Oh, that we have blessedness with God. Therefore, Just as sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin was not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one to come. We'll read the whole section. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment followed 
following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to the condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by the one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by the one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. Now, the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace also might reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Okay, if you're like me this morning, you read that, you go, what was all that? Dax, you read it too fast. Go more slowly. If that's what we're going to do. want to walk through this amazing piece that shows us, first, you need to be horrified at this reign of death. You've got to really see it. That's where he goes to show us our peace and our hope and the ground of it. He's pulling in. Here he goes. Unleashed through one man's sin, right? Verse 12, therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sin, your Bible has a little dash there. Because he's starting a thought, Paul is, and he's starting to write, and he's starting a thought, and the, the interpreter, the writers of, of our Bible, the ones who translated it, put a little dash there to see. It's a broken thought. He breaks off to go tell you this other stuff. He's not going to pick up that thought again until verse 18. So his thinking starts with this thing, because the, the finish of that, just as one man said did this, you're waiting for a so something else, right? But he breaks it. Why does he do that? Because it's so important to him that you get this first piece. It's so important to him that you see where death comes from and that it affects you. Just as sin came into the world through one man, that's got to be Adam, right? And death through sin, and so death spread to all men because all sinned. Well, we already know. Okay, I, I already know. I've already read. We've read Romans chapter 3. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So why are we bringing this up again? I already know I'm justified by Jesus. Why am I bringing this up again? Why is this section in the Bible? Because it's about the depth of it. It's about your and my proclivity to kind of just go over. It's about our proclivity to just sort of say, oh, yeah, 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 saved by Jesus. Yep, got it. Who's skateboarding this afternoon? Seahawks are on. We get, we get busy with other things, and we forget our moorings, the depth of what's going on here. So Paul brings it up for us. Look, look, this is where I'm coming from, he says. Sin came into the world through one man, and death through sin. What is he talking about? He's talking about the very first book of the Bible, right? Let's go look. We can take a look at it. Genesis chapter 2. There's this reality that's happened to us where we have peace with God. 
The real peace with God that we're looking for is the peace of the Garden of Eden. Look with me in Genesis chapter 2, and it says there in verse 7, The Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground. What did he do? He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living creature. There's man. And there's after man. is. And the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east. And there he put the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God made to spring up every tree that is pleasant to the sight. Good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden tree of knowledge of good and evil and a river flowed out of Eden, verse 10, to water the garden and it divided and became four rivers. And he goes through and how wonderful Eden, the garden of Eden was and it was made for man in a very real sense where God made Adam alive and put him in the garden. Chapter 2 goes on where Adam gets a a wife, Eve, right? And then we hit chapter 3. But you've got to realize what's happening in Eden. You've got to realize what our history, the Bible's recorded history, what he's after. He's after absolute communion and peace with God. That's what Adam had. No sin. No mention of him dying. He's just with God and kept by God. And, and oh, abundance flowing around him. Trees that were good to eat. Rivers that water the plants. He's not going around with the hose. Perfection. I want to go. And then in verse 1 of chapter 3, the serpent, more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made, and he said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? Because God had told them not to eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And so Satan tempts the woman and the woman sees the trees good for food in verse 6 and she took some and then it says in verse 6 and she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate. And then verse 7, the eyes of both were open. They knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together and they made themselves loincloths and they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And Adam said, I heard the sound of you in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. God said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree I commanded you not to eat? And the man said, The woman made me do it. I'm paraphrasing. And so the Lord turns, and you see there what happened in a beautiful, wonderful, perfect place, in, a, in, in peace with God in abundance, in, in, in trees that were made to bear fruit for food, in, in a, a garden that's just wondrous and right in communion with God, and then sin comes in. And man... Mankind, Adam and Eve, there now, having eaten of this tree of the, of the knowledge of good and evil, have a different ethic than God's. Oh, we know we're naked now. I'm going to hide myself from God. Disobedience happens, and there are effects. And he says to Adam in verse 17, because you've listened to the voice of your wife, have eaten of the tree I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. 
Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread. Till you return to the ground. There it is. The first mention of death. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust. And to dust you shall return. See, so we miss something, right? Our, the way we think about life is that there was a garden, there was peace, there was communion, there was closeness, there was perfection for Adam there until he sinned and he was cursed. And the curse was he would sweat in his labor and he would die. He doesn't die right there. The actual first recorded death we have is the next chapter where Cain kills his brother unrighteous killing, death. Therefore, back in Romans, just as sin came in the world through one man, we just saw it through Adam, who had peace and perfection and chose away from it. So sin came in and death, that's the curse, death came in and so death spread to all men because of Adam. From the dust you came to dust you will return, spread and death and decay and mortality came because of Adam's sin. And this condition now that he's in means he leaves God's perfect garden. There's an angel there preventing him from returning and he has to be out in the world and his offspring, all of us are in this condition now of mortality, of death. It didn't have to be. And God, who is in communion with Adam, who by his presence keeping Adam from sin, now that's broken and Adam's out, away, separated. It's not necessary for us to go more than that, you know. You don't have to think, I, oh wait, I sin, not because of my own sin, but because I inherited Adam's genes. You don't have to go there. There's no genetics in this passage. Well, I, I'm, I, I got the guilt of Adam. See, Adam, I, Adam did it, and now I have his guilt. You know, Adam, I'm guilty because Adam did that in the garden. What? You know why you're guilty? Because all sin. It says it right there. You're guilty because you sin. Why do we sin? I sin because I'm now separated from God. I've got my own standards. I'm self-oriented. I, myself, decide what's best for me and I do it and I'm under condemnation for that it's the condition of mortality I'm going to die I know I'm going to die There's a, you could take that because and make it a so that. It says, so death spread to all men, so that all sin. We're all in this separated state for sin. And then he breaks off. He wants to make sure you get it. It's, it's, about, it's about separation that needs to be overcome. It's about a loss of communion. It's about a loss of peace. And can you believe you actually might overcome that and be in peace and communion with God? For sin indeed, look what he says. Look, look, look. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given. But sin is not counted where there's no law. 
Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. Look what he does. He immediately sets up a contrast. Here's the contrast. Look, the law. Is that your hope? Even before the law, death was there. Why? Because of the effect of Adam's fall. So there was still sin. It wasn't like the next sin. Take a step back. Here's the sin we're talking about. Adam in perfection. Never going to die. In the Garden of Eden. He sins. Consequences for us all. Chapter 4. Cain kills his brother Abel. Consequences for us all? Oh. No. We know it's evil. We know it's wrong. We say, no, no, don't do that. Don't kill your brother. But I don't say, oh, because of the sin of Cain. All of us are murderers of Abel. No, no, no. There's a special, this is a special sin that happened that separated us from God. Once the separation has happened and mortality is there, mortality is there. And then we all die in our own sin. Even though our sin isn't the same as the one that Adam did. Even though the sin there is not Adam's sin necessarily. The sin that Noah did and Noah died. Death reigned because we're in this separated state and we sin. Not not a list of sins that the law would give us. Here's the 27 sins that you did. I can tell you because you broke the commandments of God. Here they are. One, two, three, four, five. No, but you died. And if they died, they sinned. The sting of death is sin. Even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam who is a type of the one to come. That's our hope. But we haven't left sin yet. And we haven't left death. We need to feel it. Do you realize you die? Most go, yeah, yeah, Dax, I die. No, no, do you really realize? Why, you guys? Why? Why do we go from something that's new and pure, and joy set before us, and life is there, and things function. Why do we go from there to death? It's happening to you right now, isn't it? It's not just about cellular death, although there's plenty of cellular death. Here, let's bring it. You know, from all the time you're dying, your cells are dying right now. Your skin is dying. Every month or so, you have new skin. Every 90 days, you got a whole new blood supply. Because your, your red blood cells die, and you make new ones. But eventually, over time, what happens? You don't make as many. You start to decay. You can look at someone and tell they're getting old. Yeah, I know you're looking at me. It's okay, I'm getting old. I'm not like I was when I was a teen. I'm not strong. I'm not able. I'm not growing and everything is new and life is ahead of me. You start to say, no, I can't walk as well as I used to. I can't hear anymore. I can't do things. I've been stricken. Don't you think that's wrong? You don't have to look at this one. That means everyone just did. You go to this. 
It's horrible. And we die. I was in anatomy class and we had someone had given to the, the class a, a body just like that. And we opened up and saw all the pieces of our amazing body, but all with signs of decay. We decay. It's happening to you. Is that not horrible? Why? What's going to handle that? I, how can I continue to say I hope in God and yet my body is going and going and gone? You realize it came from Adam. You realize this state that we're in. This, this body that we're in, where we're in a state of mortality and we die. We decay. Human beings it wasn't like it was supposed to be. And so I had just had this chapter where I told you, I told you, the Bible says, you can read it for yourself. You have peace with God. You have hope. And so I look at my body and I say, okay, when does the decay reverse? I think it's time. Peace with God. I know who had peace with God. Adam did. If I'm reversing the curse, so now death, I shouldn't have. Death, come on. And then the next day I'm a little worse, and the next day I'm a little worse. And then one day I, have my, I get a blockage in my blood vessels, and, and oxygen doesn't get to my heart, and so my heart dies, and I'm dead. Isn't it horrible? What's going what's gonna to affect that? What, what death reigns, and I'm still in this body, that death reigns, and we're, this is each and every person in this room. Death reigns, and, and, and we, we die. And it's not because of our own sin that we die necessarily. We're in this state where mortality happens, but because of this mortality that we're in, this cycle that we're in, we sin. And therefore, our condemnation is just. Who will save us from that? I know the law. I'll get the list and I'll try and do the bucket stuff. I'll, I'll, I'll do it, right? Is that what Paul's after? No, you know that because I already put it on the screen. It says free gift. Look at our text. We ended with Adam was a type of the one who was to come. A pattern, a type. There's this picture that Adam was where one person affected many. Look, there's another bigger But the free gift, verse 15, is not like the trespass. For if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. (laughs) Do you see? Do you see why this is our mooring? Why we see death all around us? Why I even see death in me and I know I'm, I'm part of that that Adam's condition, that the condemnation that he was in, that I get to because of my sin. I'm, I'm there and I see it all around me. And at the same time, I say, look, it's a picture this is. God set it up. A picture, Adam's sinful act and the free gift. Grace gift. There's... Four times here, 
He says, free gift, free gift, free gift. And sometimes it's grace, and sometimes it's gift, and sometimes it's grace gift. Here it is, it's the gift. What's going to help me in death? What's going to help me in this condition that I am? It's the free gift, and it's in contrast to the state that I've been in. Have you ever been given a gift? A really big one? You say just someone surprises you and they just give you a gift. You go, oh, thank you. I wasn't expecting that. I, I, it makes me smile. It makes, it makes my heart sing a little bit. And, and it says this is what is called right away, the free gift. That's what I've gotten. And then there's this contrast. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more the grace of God, the grace Riches we don't deserve. The free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus, abounded for many. Much more. So, much more. Wait a second. Much more. I just told you the absolute worst thing happened with Adam. The absolute worst thing, his sin there in the garden, he was perfect. Now he's in this state that gets passed on to everyone that we're mortal. And we see it in our eyes and we see it in our bodies and we die and we hate it and we fight it. But we're there. And now it says, much more. How do you get more than the death of everyone? Somehow it's greater. The free gift is not like the result, verse 16, of that one man's sin. For if judgment followed one trespass, brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. Oh, that's how it's bigger. You see, one trespass brought this effect for all people. Now we have one act of righteousness that takes all the trespasses that have happened of those who believe in Jesus and pulls them back to new life. For if, verse 17, because of one man's trespass, death reigned through that one man. That's what happened. That's Adam. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Wow! Do you see? One man's trespass. So death came in. We all die. It's all from Adam. We can see it. We can see that it comes directly from him. Okay, how much more? More certain is this, that those who receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness, there's the gift, that's what it is. That's what the free gift is. It's the gift of righteousness. We've talked quite a bit about righteousness the past weeks. But hear it again, rightness before God. You can stand before God. Who else was standing before God, even unaware that he was naked? Adam was. How much more will those who receive this abundance of grace, free gift of righteousness, reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Wait a minute. Did you hear that? Wait, wait, wait. I just heard that death reigned. And when I hear that death reigned, I start saying, okay, well, death reigned through sin. I get it. Everybody sinned. We're all under condemnation. We're all dying. Death reigned. And then over here we have all the free gift. And so here's what I expect to hear. Life reigned. 
didn't it? Jesus came, rose from the dead, resurrection life, and yet, look what's been inserted. Did you see it? Who's reigning? We have death reigning over here, and we have those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life. Do you see that, that life isn't reigning? But we are. You are. You are God's grace. You're his trophies of grace. When you see yourself, you need to see, oh, I who have received the free gift has overwhelmed death. I will live forever. I've gotten this amazing righteousness. This is amazing. I reign forever as a light of God's grace. That's what it's talking about. This is a big anchor. He's saying that the the little rock there is death. It's it's amazing that little rock, that piece of sand, had such amazing effect on so many people. How much more the mountain? How much more the incredible gift of God that abounds in grace to us? He, He treads it through all of humanity. This is a picture of all of humanity. That God himself working and has worked a plan in his son. It's true. This is our life. We have received it, verse 17 ends, through the one man, Jesus Christ. That's how we reign. He has given us a free gift of his righteousness. That is how we live. That is where we live. There's no payback. There's no duty. There's no striving on your own. There's no self-righteousness. There's no self-dependence. If you're going to get back to be in communion with the God of Eden, you will need to depend on him alone. That's all we got. He could end there, but he summarizes again for us. He keeps laying it on, and in some senses it gets hard for us to keep our minds on it. But get your mind on it. This is the bright light of the gospel. Verse 18, abounding in the the grace of God, the reign of grace. Therefore, verse 18, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification in life for all men. See, here's what happened, is that Adam's sin brought mortality to the world, the condition of separateness from God. And in that mortality, we all sinned, and our condemnation is just. Our condemnation came through Adam, his break from the special relationship he had with God. So... The only way to righteousness in life now, justification in life for any man is through Jesus Christ. He's not saying every single person saved. This is not a statement of universalism. Because look at verse 19. For as by the one man's disobedience, the many were made sinners. So by one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. Many. made righteous you're made righteous come on look for look for real at your life you're made righteous you're not righteous if you're if you're if you're honest with me at all you're not 
these words are so amazing because I've been told I'm, I'm in life and yet I'm still in this body of death. I'm dying. I've been told I'm in righteous and yet my mind, as I look at my life and I look at the anger I have at home or I look at the way I didn't act right at work, I look at the stuff I stole while no one was looking, I look at the food I'm eating just to gratify myself, I'm looking at all these things and I say truly, I'm not. What's real about all those things I just told you? They have nothing to do with my righteousness. Do they? Because the Bible says right here, my righteousness is found in Jesus Christ alone. Do you believe that today? I don't care what else you've ever done. I don't care that you say, man, I'm a hypocrite as a Christian. Of course you are. I don't care anything you've ever said that's been wrong. No, your faith in Jesus Christ and believing that your righteousness is outside of you and is a free gift. Wow. That's so direct, Dex. By the one man's obedience, not our obedience, by the one man's obedience, the many will be made righteous. That's so direct. And I say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's this whole thing called the law. There's this whole thing of the stuff I'm supposed to do. There's these things about me actually doing it so that I'm holy and righteous before God, right? So verse 20. Now, the law came in to what? To save us. Oh, no, no, wait. (laughs) I didn't read that right. Now the law came in to increase the trespass. The law came in to increase the trespass. What is that? It means that the law came in to show you over and over, you didn't do it. You didn't do it. You can't do it. You're not doing it. You're not worthy. It enumerated them out. Increases the trespass. But, glory to God, where sin increased, grace abounded all the more. Where sin increased, grace abounded all the more, so that as sin reigned in death, grace might also reign through righteousness, leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Do you see? It's about now, it's not just the reign of death, and I think, oh, he's going to talk about the reign of life. He now is saying the reign of death, and he's contrasting it to the reign of grace. The reign of grace. Who, who's reigning? You. That means your what? Grace. Everything about you is about the grace of God. You don't deserve to be in God's good heaven. You don't deserve to have peace with God. You don't deserve to have the hope of heaven. Everything that we have, it's all given. So grace might reign through righteousness. Whose righteousness? Jesus' righteousness given to us. Leading to life, eternal life. The only way there is. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. There it is again, through our Savior. Right? Right? So the reign of grace is is us. And it's by grace we've given Christ righteousness and to eternal life, to a life forever through Jesus Christ with him. And so so this, this changes me. I'm going to trust God, aren't you? I'm going to be dependent on Him. Isn't that the relationship of the garden restored? 
that I'm more and more dependent on my God and not dependent on me? My marriage, you know, is about showing grace. How can I serve my wife? Not fixing them. Not making myself be served. Why? Because I'm about grace. Abounding grace. Over and over in this passage. Grace abounded. Grace abounded. You've had such grace just poured out on you. In my parenting, I'm not thinking of their perfection. I can't make my kids perfect. I can't, with my law, try and massage them so exactly as they're supposed to be. I'm not, that, that's the wrong thought, right? How are they going to get to heaven? By getting the abounding grace of God. Have you shown that to them? I'm thinking of grace while I'm talking to them in their daily lives about their failures. Yeah, you're a failure. It's a good thing you've got abounding grace available to you in Jesus Christ. Do you know them? The strings of the universe are being plucked here by Jesus Christ. Eden restored in our relationship with God and soon a new heavens and a new earth. We see it in Revelation. What Jesus Christ has done for all who are in him by faith is greater by far than the condemnation and death that has come through Adam. And we see then how awesome it is because we all of us right this minute are struggling with and knowing that death is coming. Some of us are closer than others. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, 1 Corinthians 15 says, who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. It's true. What this will do to us as we close, it will help us never to look at sinners the same way. Man, if only you'd get your stuff together. But that's not how they stand. It'll help us think differently about eternal life. It's communion with our God. It's a restoration that He does with us. It'll help us to abound as we stop this morning. Stop with me. Stop. And consider the impact of your whole life, on your whole life, of the incredible gift of God through Jesus Christ. Let's pray.